Well, we're studying through the little epistle of 1 John, and we're sort of taking a bird's eye view. It would take a year to go verse by verse through these five chapters. We studied the last two weeks, chapter three, the honor of sonship, the hope of glory, and the hour of purification. I hope you'll read that chapter and mark it in your Bible. That hour of purification deals with every area of our lives. If we're saved, we have a responsibility, an opportunity, and a mandate from the Lord to get ourselves pure so we'll not be ashamed before Him at His coming. God has given wonderful, wonderful, joyful experiences in our lives when they are used to His glory. When we partake of them in the confines of His commandments. But when we use our liberty as a license to sin, we muddy up the waters. I hope you'll read that chapter over and over again. Then we come to chapter 4. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Now there's much in John, 1 John, about the Holy Spirit. In this chapter, he deals with several things. and I want to just give you a brief outline and we'll not have long to do this tonight. Deceit concerning the Spirit. Discernment concerning the Spirit. The direction of the Spirit. And that's as far as we'll get tonight. But I want you to notice first the discerning or the the deceit concerning the Spirit. There are a lot of counterfeit spirits. We need to realize that. Not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, is going to heaven. Not everybody that preaches on television or knocks on doors give us the right gospel. And remember, John was the man who knew Jesus probably better than anybody else. He was the last living apostle to know Jesus in the days of his flesh. He's now about 95 years old. He's the pastor emeritus in Ephesus. Probably Timothy is the pastor there. And he is writing to all the Christians scattered abroad. And in this little epistle, again and again, he says, I write unto you little children, my little children. In the Greek, that means my little born again ones. That, may, that means my tekonos, those who are saved. Those who are God's children, sons and daughters of the Lord. He says, I'll write to you. I'm not writing to the world. I'm not writing to the lost. I'm writing to save people. Now, there are some principles in First John that we can use to help win somebody to Christ. But basically, the entire book, five chapters, are written to believers. They're written to remind us, first of all, how to live. Some about the Lord, this is the message we've heard of Him, that God is light and Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, keeps on cleansing us from all sin. 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. If we confess our sins, that is, agree with God on them, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. If we say we have not sinned, and there are some people that do that, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. And then he says, my little children, I write these things unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, reminding us that Christianity is both idealistic and practical. I write to you that ye sin not. It's God's standard that we not sin. In the same breath, he said, but if any man sins, we have an advocate, we have a lawyer with the Father. And he pleads our case before the throne of God. And when the devil comes to accuse us, the Lord stands and says, wait a minute. That's my son, my daughter. He or she's under the blood. I paid for their sins at Calvary. God bangs his gavel down on the courtroom and says, case dismissed. And the devil flees away. Then in chapter 3, we mentioned a while ago, we talk about what an honor it is to be a son of God, a child of God, the honor of sonship. Not everybody's a child of God. We need to remember that. We live in a time of when, we, when everybody says you must be tolerant. Tolerant, tolerant. I want to suggest we must be vigilant. Tolerance can be carried so far that the blood becomes blurred. And we think everybody's okay. I want to tell you tonight, Christianity is exclusive. There's not a Buddhist way and a Confucius way. There's a Rastus way and a Mormon way and a Jehovah's Witness way and Catholic way and a Baptist way. There's only one way. It's a way of the cross. Jesus said, Behold what manner of love the Father bestowed upon us. We should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself in him as he is pure. And I could stay in chapter 3 the rest of the year. But I want to go to chapter 4. I want you to notice in chapter 4, verse 1. The deceit concerning the spirit. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. We need to not be gullible. Do you know there are people, even Christians, and some that have been part of our church, who, when, when you begin to expose false doctrine, they say, oh, you should not mention that. Don't be critical of this, that, or that, or the other. I'm not trying to be critical. I just want to tell you, there's true and there's false. And this scripture expressly says, believe not every spirit. For many false spirits have gone out into the world. We're living in a time when there are more isms that ought have been wasms than there ever have been. And I want to tell you, people are getting deceived. Had a lady call me one day. She was a member of our church. She said, uh, would you tell me this and this and this? She was talking about something in Revelation. 
I said, well, uh, yeah, I can tell you this. And I started explaining it to her. She said, well, I never heard that before. She said, I've been studying with a, a Bible group that believed that Jesus came in 1914. And they were living in the millennial dawn. And that there's no hell. And uh, heaven will be here. I said, do you come to Sunday school? Well, no, I'm too busy. You come to training union? No, I'm too busy. You come to morning service, evening service? No. I said, we discuss all these things. Why do you have to go to a Bible study conducted by false teachers to learn something? I want to tell you, when somebody calls you or comes to your door and says, would you let me come and study the Bible with you? There ought to be a big suspicious mark. A big question mark come over your mind right away. This scripture says, believe not every spirit. Try the spirits. And then he tells us, what see, there, there's deceit concerning this. Then he tells in verse 2 what to do about it. He says, hereby know ye the spirit. And notice that's capital S. In verse 1, the spirit is little s. That means spirit of man or false spirits or whatever they are. Verse 2, know ye the Spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now notice again, that's a little s. You and I have a human spirit. The Holy Spirit can overshadow us and speak to our hearts. But also we have a human spirit. And he says, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Now, what is he saying here? He says, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now, you, the, the, the gullible person would say, well, all these religions say the same thing. They even speak of a cosmic Christ. I heard a, a preacher say not long ago that it's not necessary to believe just in Jesus because there's such a spirit as the cosmic Christ and he probably dwells in Buddha and Confucius and all these world religions and just anything you believe as long as you're really sincere about it, it'll be all right. That's not what this says. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus, who is Jesus? The one born in Bethlehem's manger. He became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His beauty. The beauty is the only begotten of the Father. That's Jesus. So every spirit that confesseth that Jesus, the, the, the little baby born in, in the manger in Bethlehem, became flesh in Nazareth when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and said that holy thing that is in thee will be the Son of God or is the Son of God. God performed a miracle. Now, some unbelievers say, well, I don't see how that could happen. I don't either. 
I want you tonight to explain exactly how you can go to that switch and turn the switch on electric, all the lights come on. Or I can speak in this little microphone and a little wire goes somewhere, I don't know where all it goes, and it goes to some speaker or something, and pretty soon you can hear. Or even more, how in the world can you explain email? You talk to a computer, punch some words in there, and instantly in Japan they can read it. In Russia they can read it, just instantly. I know most of you are pretty brilliant, but you explain how that happens. I don't really know. I believe it. They tell me it's true. I haven't experienced much of it, but I know they, I believe people say it's true. But listen, every spirit that confesseth that the Jesus born in Bethlehem's manger is the Christos, the Messiah of the Old Testament, the Christ of the Old Testament. Now, you read the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, and you'll come across passage after passage. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord had to lay on him. Who? This Messiah, the iniquity of us all. And every spirit that confesses that Jesus, born in little Bethlehem's manger, is the Christus, the Messiah of the Old Testament, the anointed one of the Old Testament. And that he came in the flesh. That deals a hard blow to the Gnostics and to the spiritualists. You know, we have people today that say that Jesus didn't really die on a cross. If he had been God, he couldn't die there. There are others that say that when the resurrection took place, there wasn't really a bodily resurrection. It was just some kind of a spooky spiritual resurrection. And the influence of Christ lives on in people's minds. They, they have a, a mental quirk. and They sort of take that up and say, that's the way it is. That's not what the scripture says. He says, those that teach that are false teachers. He says, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus, the baby born in Bethlehem, is the Christos, the Christ, the Messiah of the Old Testament, and that he came in the flesh, is born of God. Now you examine some of the major cults today. To be a cult, they have to be off on two things. Number one, who is Jesus? And number two, the Bible. You just check it out. They're off on, the cults all have to have another book to explain the Bible. They can't read it like this. They have to add to it or subtract from it. Or you have to get um, the key to science and health from Mary Baker Eddy. Dr. Lee's did an interesting thing. He went to Mary Baker Eddy's hometown, went to the, house where she lived. You know, she taught that sin is not real, that sickness is not real. It's all a figment of your imagination. And uh, you can be healed by science. And she taught that death isn't real. So he knocked on the gate. He said, could I see Mary Baker Eddy? Come all this way to see her. Why, wow, they, 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 they came out there and said, well, you can't see her. She's dead. Oh, no, she couldn't be dead. She said she didn't believe in death. Well, she died. 
the false cults are off on who is Jesus. They're off on who the, what the Bible is. They have to have another book to explain the Bible. Whether it's a special translation of the scripture or whether it's a, the Mormon book. We were in, we were in Utah two years ago. <laughs> Wish all of you could have been with us. We went to the tabernacle. We went to one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Beautiful, beautiful organ music and everything. And then we were going to go to the, the temple. Well, they, they stopped us at the gate and they said, you can't go in there unless you're qualified. Well, I said, what do you have to do to be qualified? Well, it's a secret. We can't tell you. You just have to be qualified to get in there. I said, well, did you know the scripture makes the way to Christ so clear that a wayfaring man, though a fool, shall not err therein? Are you saying that the way into your temple is so spooky and tough that you have no secrets to get in it? The girl got to the end of her wits and she sort of gave a signal to a man that was over there. I guess they expected Baptists to be there and give them some trouble. And so she sort of signaled this man. This man came over and said, here, we've got something for you to do. And she took, he took the girl away because he didn't want us to get very deep with her. I will tell you, this scripture says, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. That's the reason Methodists can go to heaven. Some Church of Christ people go to heaven in spite of what they teach. Some Catholics can go to heaven in spite of what they teach. Some Assembly of God people can go to heaven if they don't miss it, pass it with all their excitement. And I'm not criticizing them, I'm just saying they believe that Jesus was come, is Christ and come in the flesh. But you can write down the cults. And let me, let me pray for you tonight and beg you, do not listen to the cults. Now they're doing what we as Baptists ought to do. They're going house to house knocking on doors. They're doing what the New Testament teaches to do, but they have the wrong gospel. And so in this scripture, we're being warned. He says there's deceit concerning the spirit, and then there's discernment concerning the spirit. And the discernment is, you believe what God says, that everybody that believes, believes and confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And everyone that does not believe or teach that is of the spirit of Antichrist. The Antichrist is the opposite of Christ. The one who opposes Christ who fakes Christ. You've heard that it should come, and even now it already is in the world. You're of God, little children, have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's all the farther I can get tonight. But I want to tell you, Jesus is real. There's not an empty tomb. I mean, there's, not, there's not a dead Jew buried in a tomb in Jerusalem. The hope of Christianity is an empty tomb in Jerusalem. I've been there. Now there are two sites, if you go to Jerusalem today, there are two sites they tell you that this is where Jesus was buried. One is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. You read a lot about that. I went there and examined it, it's empty. 
And then there's Golgotha, I believe the real place, and the garden tomb. And I went there, and that tomb is empty. And they say about that tomb, there was an, it's, a, it's a tomb that's 2,000 years old or older, but never was there any decay in that tomb. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He is a risen Savior. He's alive today. And listen, he's able to save to the uttermost all who will come to God by him. Only believe. Only believe. You know, Thomas, the Bible is so wonderful. It gives illustrations of people just like we have today. There are people today who say, I don't believe. Do you know that one of the disciples, Thomas, said, I'll not believe in Jesus, the resurrected Christ, unless I can put my fingers in the print of his nails and thrust my hand into his side where the spear print was, I'll not believe. You know, he wasn't at church on Sunday night. Jesus appeared. They went out that week and said, hey, Tom, Jesus was here Sunday night. He said, I don't believe it. I won't believe until I can do this and this and so on. You know what? Next Sunday night, he was at church. And while they were there, Jesus came. The doors were locked. He came right through. He said to Thomas, Thomas, reach in here, your, your hand. See my nail prints? Thrust your hand in my side. You see, Jesus had heard Thomas say that. Nobody had to go and tell on Thomas. Jesus knew it. Nobody has to go and tell on you to the Lord. He hears everything we say. He knows all about it. And Thomas didn't dare touch him. He said, Lord, my Lord and my God, I believe. And then you know what Jesus said? Blessed are you, Thomas. You've seen and believe, but blessed are those that have not seen, but will believe by your word. And I want to tell you, you want to get blessed tonight, believe by the word of those who have had an experience with Christ. You may be here tonight and you may say, well, I'm an agnostic or I'm an atheist or I'm evolutionist. I don't believe this and that and the other. You can say that and you can go on the way that way. But when we get to the end of the road, I just want to ask you, suppose you're right and there's nothing to it at all. And we all go out and we're buried and we're just like a hog or a cat or a dog and throw them in a hole and that's it. That's the end. You live 60 or 70 or 80 years and that's the end. You suppose you're right. I haven't lost a thing. I've enjoyed living for Jesus. I've, lived, I've enjoyed trying to bless other people, trying to minister to people and help them through this, the tangles of life. But wait a minute. Suppose you're wrong. Suppose you're wrong. And you get to the end of the way and you go out into eternity and you appear before the great throne of God and you say, God, I don't believe in you. I don't believe in you. God will look at you. Say, there's only one way for heaven. That's the way for your sins to be atoned for at Calvary. Depart from me, I never knew you. And down, 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 down forever. You'll be lost in hell. Don't run that risk. Don't run that risk. Turn to Christ. May we pray. Our Father, we thank you for the word of God that is so powerful and quick, that are sharper than a two-edged sword. And we pray that the word will do its 
its powerful work tonight. Touch our hearts, all of us. Help us to not be gullible about the things, all the doctrines that come along in life. May we be discerning. And may we measure everything by what God says in his word. Thank you, Lord, that the very fact our world has been changed and that the Western world has been a leader in civilization is because of the gospel of Christ that was preached in those Balkan countries years ago when our ancestors were headhunters. That gospel has been preached around the world and wherever it's been preached, people's lives have been changed. And Lord, I pray that somebody here tonight would let the Holy Spirit change his life. This will be a night of victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. What was 468 468. Without him, I could do nothing. Without Jesus. Oh, I plead with you tonight. If you're here and, and, and you have not been a believer or you've never been saved or you do not know Christ, come to him tonight. Trust him as your Savior and your Lord. If you're already saved, I want to ask you, are you serving him? Are you living for him? Are you living where God answers prayer? Do what God tells you to do while we sing and while we pray. Will you come?